0: Good morning, who, who in here is an Ohio State fan? Let me see your hands, O.H., H. all right, so let, let me tell you this, you're welcome. You're, I mean, all right, so let me, let me back up. I almost cost us the first game, but then I fixed it, all right, so I started watching the game, and, and granted, it was the first game of the season, all right, I started watching the game, without anything Ohio State on. And I didn't even realize it. Like I'm watching the game and we start losing and I'm like, what is going on? Why are we losing here? And then I realized this, so I, I shut the game off. I turn it off. That's what I do for my Bears. If I turn the game off, they start to win and not watch it. So immediately then third quarter, they came out and started winning and everything like that. And then, then I turned it back on for at the end of the third quarter and watched the fourth quarter and they, they ended up winning. So you can thank me later. All right, for that win, even though I almost cost us a game. So, hey, men, September 18th, we're going to be watching the game here and uh, hopefully up on the big screen or on the big TV in the teen room, one of those two, and have some good manly food, some good bacon and bacon-covered stuff and everything like that. So mark your calendars. Hope you can, hope you can make it. Would you do me a favor, though? Would you take out your worship bulletin? I want to go over a couple announcements and brag on God here. First up, uh, I will tell you, alabaster is this month we are starting. it. Somebody already turned in their alabaster thing already. So, uh, but these are at the back on each side. If you grab one, take it home, stick some change in it, stick, stick some green in it. That's even better because that's easier to count for the counters. And then just bring it back at the end of the month. Alabaster, what does alabaster go for? Yeah, church plants, new buildings, hospitals, schools. Uh, in the U.S., Outside the U.S. I don't know of any other organization that 100% what comes in for Alabaster goes out 100% for these ministries. This is an awesome thing. You know, sometimes you support ministries and it's like 80% goes out of what comes in. They keep 20% for administration. No, it's 100%. So would you do me a favor? Would you grab one of these and really fill it in and, you know, make make a generous offering for that? All right? So Alabaster... Also, too, uh, teachers and helpers. If you'd remember, we need a quick meeting with you right after the thing. If you're a teacher, if you're a helper, if you're involved in any way, if you're thinking about being a teacher or helper, stay over for uh, 10 minutes. We're going to meet in the teen room and just go over some things that we want to remind you about. I'd like to speak to you, kind of just talk about uh, what it means to be a teacher and and helper. Um, Dawn, where's Dawn? Paid off. We paid off our remaining debt this month. All right. Yeah. Praise God. We're we're debt free. We're ready to build our Coliseum now, and uh, giant sports arena, something like that. No, but um, I'm just praising God that um, He is faithful, right? And He has blessed us. Y- you know what? We used to struggle to pay the bills. Like we would pick which bills we were going to pay. If, if you old board people, we would pick which, we, which bills we would pay. And um, we were not paying our budgets with the district, uh, or we were struggling to do that. And then we had a board meeting. And in that board meeting, they said, you know, we, we ask people to tithe. We ask people to give faithfully. Um, we need to do that ourselves. So we started giving, paying our, our budgets in full. And I think that was a huge turning point in our church. And God bless that, and God enables that, you know? So I, I give God all the praise, man. I've, I'm yeah. Amen, right? So thank you. Thank you for supporting your church. And um, besides that, too, can I uh, Franz and his mood and, and Felix, um, Felix needs1,500 dollars to pay for his uh, lawyer's' things and everything like that coming up. Um, we got double that in. For them. So we, we are going to, yeah, can you clap for that? So we're going to help out with that. On top of that, they're trying to move kids. They, they, all, they all have kids that are in Haiti struggling right now. They're trying to move some to the Dominican Republic and um, trying to get their kids here. So that extra money will go to help them uh, with everything that's going on. So I just really, really appreciate uh, your giving towards that. So thank you. All right. All right, uh, can I tell you too, Wednesday we picked up kids, started picking up kids. Sunday morning we picked up kids, uh, and I'm looking forward to picking up lots more. Remember, Sunday school started today. Some of you guys missed it, missed out on that. If you need a ride for your kids, if you can't make it for, for any reason, if you got any neighbor kids or anything like that, we'll come pick you up, all right? So make sure you reach out to us and let us know that in advance, and I hope to see you in Sunday school next week, because Sunday school... Is really where the fellowship happens, and we really get to know each other on a deeper level that we can't do in this setting. You need to be in a small group. Everyone needs to be in a small group. That's where you can really share your prayer requests, get people to really pray for you right then and there. I have always loved Sunday school. Don't don't miss that. All right. So we are we are started that this Sunday. Hope to be doing that next Sunday. If you need a ride for your kids on Wednesday night. Or Sunday, we would uh, love to pick your kids up. We still need van drivers. We still need uh, people to for teachers. We need you. We need you to step up. We need a few more. So if you can do any of those, stay after and and hit that meeting, and we'll get you involved in that. All right, Alabaster, teachers meeting, mortgage, picked up the kids, compassionate (laughs) ministry. Last thing I'll I'll say is that... um, we have Kevin and Katie who are heading up Compassionate Ministries. We had somebody reach out to the church say, hey, I, I can't get my lawn mowed. Can you help us out? Yeah, we'd love to do that, all right? Now, if you can mow your lawn, mow your own lawn, all right? But if you're struggling to mow your lawn, we'd love to help you out. So they are in charge of that. Uh, Mikey actually helped out with this person that is mowing their lawn. Mikey's going to be a part of Compassionate Ministry. I think Andy and Emma are, are going to be a big part of this, too. Uh, if you need something, if we can help you out in any way, that's what we're here for, right? We're family. You can you can uh, lean on family and we will love to help you out with that. All right. All right. Make sure you read your bulletin for the rest. There's something in there about a a September women's meeting. Alice is going to this and would love to have a bunch of women going to this awesome event. So make sure you are reading that and seeing Alice if you're interested and, and checking that out. But would you stand with me? Last Sunday we did uh, baptism, and there are pictures out on that bulletin board on the left side. If you go, go check those out. We also have the, the, the group picture of the church from when the Detleilers left. You can check those out um, and see those awesome, awesome pictures. But Father, we just come before you. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the stories from people of how you are speaking to them and touching them, convicting them. Lord, you have right of way. Do as you want. Father, I pray that we would just glorify you in all that we are and all that we do. Lord, I pray that we would give you all the praise and honor that you are due. Lord, you're the one who died for us. You're the one who, who made the way. You're the one that says, hey, you don't have to be good enough. You just have to believe in me and follow me. So, pray, so Lord, I pray that we would do that that we'd follow you no matter what comes our way, and that we'd serve you with everything that we have and all that we are and all that you created us to be. Lord, we give you praise. In your name we pray, amen.
1: Love and. so good to me. When I felt no worth, you made it all for me. You have been so, so good. Servant, still you give yourself away. Just blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ Bear your cross as you wait for the crown Tell the world of the treasure you found
0: 2 Kings chapter 6, I'd like to know, I'd like you to count in your head how many times you've moved in your lifetime. Can you start doing that? How many times have I moved? How many different places have I lived in in my lifetime? Allison, you just moved, right? Praise God that you found a place. I, I pray that God blesses your home and nothing goes wrong and your furnace works, your hot water tank works, right? Everything keeps working in that it's just a blessing to you all right how many of you are uh five or less you've moved five or less all right it's a couple of year one or less i know my kids have been in their house the whole time all right so five or less all right uh five to ten okay who who in here are the professional movers more than ten times All right, do you like moving? No, right? I, I hate moving. I think, Mom, how many times did we move in Illinois? Because that like six for me here. Do you know how many times we moved in Illinois around? Three? Okay, so we're close to, close to that, 10. All right, um, I don't know about you, but it, let me, can I tell you, tell a story about my mom? All right. my mom is freakishly strong. Like seriously, the, the one time we're moving and uh, me and a big guy who, who like lifts weights a lot, big guy. All right. We come into the house and she's moved this dresser that was in uh, my grandmother's room. And somehow she moved it out of the, out of the bedroom through the hallway, which I'm not sure, cause I think you'd have to pick it up to to actually move it. You couldn't just slide it and, and it's sitting in the living room. Me and my buddy lifted up. We could barely move it. Like, and I'm, I'm not a slouch when it comes to moving, right? And this guy I was with is a big guy. Like, and we could barely move it. I, and she did it by herself. I have like, I cannot get it. It's like the pyramids of Egypt. How did they do that? You know, I have no clue. That, that is my mom though. She can, she can hold her. I've seen her put guys to shame. I've seen her make guys cry when it comes to moving call them out and it's just kind of, kind of crazy. Uh, have you ever experienced a time, though, when you've been moving something and you, maybe you got something awkward, something, something heavy, and you can just feel it kind of slipping, though? Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody in here? And it, that's a scary time, like because if you let it go, you might hurt the person that you're, you're moving, whatever that with, and everything like that. Um, I hate that feeling. Have you ever experienced a time though when something in life feels like it's slipping and you just cannot get a grip on it? That's what I want to talk about today. The things in life, when they when they feel like they're slipping, what can we do? You know, how can we how can we grab a hold of it? You know, those are the things that I, I want to talk about. Maybe, you know, maybe you're trying to juggle twenty different things. Right? And it just keeps piling up, and you're like, man, I just can't take one more thing. And sure enough, that one more thing comes. Right? Maybe that's what you're dealing with. I remember being in school. Uh, I remember graduating high school and having no clue what I was going to do. And it felt like my future was slipping away. That's a terrifying feeling. I, I, I pray for our teens in high school because that was a terrifying time for me just not knowing what I was going. Some people have that figured out. They know exactly what they want to do. I had no clue. Uh, and it was just when, when I graduated, oh, that was, just, that was just a rough time for me. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're dealing with. Maybe you've gotten some news that the thing that you're grabbing onto is heavy, right? Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's something else. And you're just like, I, I just don't think I can take that right now. If that's you, man, I hope God's word speaks to you as it has to me. That's what we want to look at. That's what we, we, we want to figure out what God wants us to do in this situation. All right, 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. One day the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, as you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Now we've talked about Elisha and Elijah in a few sermons. We, we mentioned when we were talking about Elisha, this group of prophets. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, we also talked about, you remember when Elijah confronts the the prophets of Baal or Baal? Do you remember what happens? And um, they set up two altars and they each called out to their God, right? And and. The prophets of Baal start first and nothing happens. Right here are hundreds of prophets. Nothing happens. And then all of a sudden Elijah comes up and he prays. And, and God sends fire down and, and takes care of that and proves that he is the one true God. And they ended up killing the rest of the prophets of Baal. But Jezebel comes against Elijah and says, hey, you're, you're going to be dead. And do you remember, do you remember Elijah? Here he's just experienced this amazing thing happen from God, right? But he, he comes away with that, and he's like, man, I'm the only one. I am the only one that still serves you, Lord. And the Lord says, no, you're not. Man, i got 7,000 other people that haven't bent their knee. Do you remember that, right? Uh, these are some of those. Elijah, Elisha takes over for Elijah, and Elisha starts to train up some of these prophets in this ministry. And so that's what this is about. That's what this school is about. It's about training up people in ministry. Notice verse 2. This is something you young people, you really need to grab onto. Or you people, if you are looking to get ahead at your job, man, I'm going to give you something for free today. This is, this is something that you need to focus in on if you want to get ahead or, or rise up. You see, the prophets, this prophet right here that comes to Elisha, doesn't just bring a problem. He also brings a solution. Anybody can bring problems to their boss. Be the person, though, that brings a solution. Notice verse 2. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. If you want to advance at your workplace, don't just bring problems. Bring like four solutions back to your boss. You'll impress that person. That person probably is juggling a lot of things, and if you bring him one more problem, that's going to just make his life or her life more difficult. So bring some solutions with you. Don't just bring a ministry idea to your pastor or to somebody else in the church, because your pastor is going to be like, okay, who's going to do this? Who's going to take this on? Right? Are you willing to take it on? The only time how many times somebody comes up and says, hey, we should do this? All right, do you want to do that? No. No, okay. All right, so uh, great idea, but now i got to try and find somebody to do it and take this on. That just makes it more difficult. Come with solutions. Come with a willingness to, to take those things on. Don't see yourself as somebody that, that can't. If God gave that to you, God gave that to you for a reason, right, run with it. All right, verse 3 servant says, please come with us. I will, he said, so he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall, the man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do, knew, do not go near that place for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha the prophet is in Israel. He tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. That's code for kill him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram set a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Lord, let it sink deep into our hearts. Let Let it make us who we are in you. Father, I pray that your truth would come out and that we'd give you all praise for it. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. I love this prayer at the very end. And I pray today, you know, that our eyes would be open to see reality, right? I pray that our eyes would be open to see that there are more on our side than on the enemies, amen? These, these two stories don't seem like they'd go together, right? They don't seem like they'd be connected. One, one small issue, somebody loses an axe head, seems like a small matter, especially compared to being surrounded by this army and facing death. Yet, here they are back to back. I think God is showing us some things that I want to point out, and we're going to go on more next week and talk about this. But I think God, first of all, is showing us that the little things Matter Often it's, in life, it's not about the massive things. It's not about the big things. It's a, it, especially the things that pull people down. It's usually the little things that add up, that end up causing somebody to fall, causing somebody to stumble. Right? It's the accumulation on our schedules. It's the demands. It's the little things. Right, We're not signing up to, to do something big with our time. We're signing up to do a bunch of little things. We're saying yes to those. And pretty soon, we don't take anything off our schedule. So our schedule is just jam-packed and too full. Right, This guy's freaking out about the little things. But it was big to him. It was big to him. Why? Because it was borrowed. It was borrowed. Exodus 22.14, the law said, if you borrow something and break it or lose it, you've got to replace it. If you chuck it into the water on, on accident, right, you've got to replace it. You have to pay for it. He's got to figure out how he's going to do that. Imagine he's not making a lot of money being in this school of ministry, but somehow he's going to have to figure out how he's going to replace that. And think about this, right? It's not just about replacing it. He's going to be behind on his work. This group's going to be behind on their work because they've lost an important tool. How many times have you had something small happen at the worst possible time and it just adds up and it puts you further behind, right? How frustrating is that? Uh, My wife was driving to work one day late. She was late to work. So guess what? She's driving a little too fast and she got pulled over. I'm not going to mention by who, all right? But she got pulled over, all right? (laughs) Those are the things that happen, right? You're running late. You try to make up for it, and then you get pulled over. You're you're speeding, right? Those are the things that add up, and you're like, oh, hmm. I'm sure it probably makes us all mad when those things happen. This guy loses his borrowed axe head when it flies off. Which apparently was a common thing in this time period because there's another law in Deuteronomy 19 that says if you're cutting wood with your neighbor and your axe head flies off and kills the guy, that you need to do this, right? I don't know. Seems like a common problem back then. This guy's panicking. Somehow he's got to replace the axe. I still got to cut down a tree. I'm behind. We need a place to say we're out of room. Right, so number one, be careful with the little things because they can lead to a bigger problem. Here's the second thing I want us to learn, or I think God, God's Word wants us to, to learn. If it matters to you, it matters to Him, even if it's small, right? I think it's awesome this story ended up in the Bible. This guy lost an axe head, and it ends up in the Bible. It's not a huge deal, especially compared to that next story. But this encourages me. Have you ever been working on your paper? My wife, again, working on the songs for today, and her Google Drive is full. And so she can't save it, she can't print it, she can't do anything. Have you ever been working on a document, you're six pages in, and, and Microsoft decides to just crash and there is no recovery? You know, those are the things that happen, those, those little things that make you want to cuss, right? So the little things that can hit hard, he cares about those. I think that's why this is in here. He cares about those. He cared about the axe head. You know, you're eating a salad and you get balsamic vinaigrette on that salad and that, that balsamic vinaigrette spills on your favorite shirt, right? And the whole reason that you're, you're eating a salad is you're trying to eat healthy and the whole re- reason that you didn't get ranch on it and instead that balsamic vinaigrette is because you're trying to do the right thing, right? And then it spills on your shirt. That ranch would not have spilled on your shirt, and it ends up ruining it. Don't those things frustrate you? Don't those little things get to you? And yeah, I take this as God saying, hey, I care about those little things. I care about your weak. God puts a man, a couple guys getting ready to be killed by an army, right next to a lost axe head. And it's cool because they approach it, both situations, with the same faith. Don't they? And God is concerned with both. Coming to God with your small things is not a bother to God. He cares about it because he cares about you. Don't try and make your prayer life something it isn't. You don't have to use the these and the thous or the certain words. Just make it genuine. Just be honest and open with him. Include the small things because they add up. Lord, I'm struggling with wanting to eat this thing that I know I shouldn't Lord, would you just help me out with it? Send those prayers up, right? Lord, I'm I'm just really ticked off and I want to punch something right now. That's when you need to be praying, even if it's a small thing. Lord, it's slipping. It's slipping. Something's slipping. Pray about those things. Bring those things to him. Number three, notice this. Something bad Sometimes bad things happen when you're doing good. Sometimes bad things happen when you're good. This is reassuring to me because this guy was not out doing anything wrong. He's not cooking meth, right? He, he's trying to do some ministry. He's trying to build this school that's going to bless people, bless the world through it, right? And bad things happen to him. Lanny, can I tell your story? Somebody, we won't say it was Lanny, but... Can I say it? You want me to tell it? Sure, yeah. You want to? Yeah, go ahead.
2: All right. So last Sunday night, I, I quit smoking. You know, I quit drinking. And I, you know, I have no vices now, right? I'm like trying to lean on the Lord in all my affairs, and I just felt convicted, you know, and I needed to give that up. So then Thursday, I had time to clean my truck up. It smelled like smoke. You know, it's been a few days and I haven't been smoking. And I, now I smell it. up, it, oh, nasty. So I take the time to clean this all up. And I go to bed that night. And I woke up to this loud, horrendous bang. Somebody had swiped my truck. And I'm thinking to myself, ah, Man. You know, the first thought is, Man, what I'm trying to quit smoking. It, this thing, you know, would would my truck get beat up because the devil's attacking me because I'm trying to do the next right thing? <laughs> yeah that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm marketing up as. Yeah. You, got, you know, you try to do the next right thing, and, and the devil's going to attack. But anyway.
0: Yeah, that's I exactly it. it
2: you not know, everything, and
0: it's going to be okay. Amen. Amen. Right? Yeah. We learned in Revelation, though, we're at war. We're at war. When you try to do the right thing, when you start doing the right thing, the enemy's going to attack you. He's going to come against you. He's going to sideswipe your vehicle in the middle of the night, right? But we're still going to trust him. We're going to use this as an opportunity to be reminded, hey, we're on the right path. That's why we're being attacked. You know, how many times have you tried to help somebody out And it just does not go well. Your intentions were good. What you're doing was good. But man, it just totally backfires. That's not the time to stop. That's the time to turn it up. Right? When the enemy starts attacking you and coming against you, that's the time to keep going and to turn it up. We know, Romans 8.28, that God can turn anything that's meant for, for bad against us. He can turn it into something that's meant for our good for those that love him, right? Man, that should be a a verse you have in your heart that you remember when those bad things start flying at you when you're trying to do those good things. Man, as you begin to clean up your life and make better decisions, you think the enemy's gonna quit attacking you then? No, he's coming harder. He's gonna come swinging. Jesus said, though, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness. Right? For my sake. When you're doing good things, bad things are going to happen. Consider it a sign that you're on the right path. Turn it up. Right? Amen? Number four, this guy cries out it was a borrowed axe. Here's the truth everything in your hands is borrowed. Everything. The air that you breathe is borrowed, nothing is yours. Last year I was preaching and I was talking to a couple people at church and they reminded that last year I said that I wasn't big on the tithing principle. And uh, that might surprise you because last week I was talking about you know, it's good to tithe and, and everything and we tithe. Um, I am not good. I am not big on tithing because there's a, there's a potential for an issue that I have noticed that, that happens. Here's what I'm concerned about with the tithe. A tithe can teach somebody that 10% is God and 90% is mine. That's what I worry about. All right? Yeah, I mean, it can. I'm not saying it will. or I'm not not against the tithe. I'm just saying, man, think of it as 100% is really his. Here's where I'm at. Okay? I know when I tithe, I think of the rest as mine to do with what I want. And what if God comes to me and says, hey, I want you to to sacrifice, I want you to go to 20%. I'm going to probably say, no, I'm good. I'm I'm doing what you called me to do. I'm I'm tithing, I'm, I'm good with that. And that's a danger for me, to just think of the rest of it as I can do whatever I want with. Instead of thinking of it as it's all his, I should be seeking him out to see what I should do with any of it. Right? When I go to buy something, or we go to buy something, is this what the Lord wants? That, that's my only concern with the tithe. And I'll tell you, when you look up the tithe, there are some people that think the tithe is really 20 to 23%. So, you know, it, is the percentage the, the important thing? No, it's, it's really, whose money is it? And it's not just money, right? It's your house, it's your car, it's your service. How many times do, you, do we ask people to do something and they're like, no. No, I'm not going to do that. You know, your time. It belongs to God. He created you. He bought you. He bought you for a steep price. Right? It belongs to him. We need to change our focus. We need to change how we see everything. Yeah, I might not want to do that, what somebody asked me to do. But does God want me to do that? That's the the change in focus that we have to give, get to. Does that make sense? It's all his. It's all his. We can't outgive God. You know, what if what if I told you the story of Colgate? What if instead what if he stayed at 10% and then get up to 50% when he died? You know, that that money was going to translate the Bible into other languages. Do what God calls you to do. Do what God leads you to do. All right? All right, uh, John three twenty seven. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. It's all a gift. First Corinthians four seven. What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? It's all a gift. Let's change our mindset. Lord, what do you want? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with this money? May- Man, somebody needs to use a car, right? Somebody needs to borrow somebody's car. Is it your car? Or is it on loan to you from God? If it's on loan to you from God, you probably let somebody else borrow it, right? What about your house? (laughs) What about your house, right? If it's on loan to you from God and somebody needs a place to stay, maybe you say yes then. Yeah, you can stay with us. It's going to be cramped. It's going to be awkward, right? Isn't that in your heart though? I know you guys. Somebody needs a place to say, you're going to say yeah, right? Depends on who it is. If it's Lanny, I don't know. Whose is it? That's the idea. That's what we've got to be careful with. All right. All right. Um, Here's the cool thing that I learned about this. If it's not mine and it's his, uh, if this church is not mine, which it's definitely not, right? And it's his, all the problems in the church are his. Right? No, seriously. I, hey, your, your church is messing up, man. You're, we can't get teachers in here. Uh, my, thought, my thought was maybe we should hold off on Sunday school and wait till we got it. And, and he reminded me, hey, this is my church. I'll make the way. I'll get those people to say yes. So we're moving forward in faith. We don't have, we don't have Sunday school teachers for, for the fourth week or, or some of the weeks, I don't know. We're kind of getting some people to fill in. But I know God's going to talk to somebody in here and say, that's you. We need you, right? It's not my church, it's him. All right, number five. Uh, God can help you recover what is lost, right? When you, when you lose your ax head in the water and you go to him, Elisha asks him, Where did you lose it? Where did he lose it? He's getting the person to re re go over his steps. And that's what God often does with them. You know, do you see what you're doing when that thing happened? When it started slipping. It's important to go with God to those moments and see what's leading up to this. Maybe you, you know, should have drove a wood, you know, a nail in the wood to make it tighter. God can help you recover though. God can help you see why it went the way it did and then address that thing that's led to this, right? It's slipping, Lord, I'm losing it. Okay, where did that start happening? What's really behind us? What's really behind your anger issue, right? What's leading to it? God can help you re-get your ability to control your temper back. But you got to start and see why it's happening and what happened with that. You know, maybe you're at a place right now where you just don't have the same passion for God that you used to. You ever been there? I'm just I'm just struggling with my passion for God. I've lost that. God, can you help me? Okay, what what's going on? Let's retrace your steps. Let's see where you lost it. Let's see why it's slipping there and what's going on. I'll help you recover it. Take it to the Father. Right? Lord, I just don't have the same passion that I once had for you. I am burnt out. And I need you to fill me back up. It always comes back to the feet of the Father. Go to Him with those things and let Him recover that for you. Some of you have lost your strength. If that's you, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those whose hope is in the Lord. Alright? Last thing. What we can see is all is not all that there is. Right? That's the obvious thing with this passage. Here, here's the connection. Why does, he, why does God connect getting back something that was lost with a story where somebody else needs to get a grip elisha's servant goes out to get the paper he sees this massive army on all sides he goes back into the house and cries out elisha what will we do now right what will we do now his confidence is slipping he needs to get a a grip and elisha's like chill just chill right And I love, like I said, what he prays. God, open his eyes and let him see. The servant's like, I do see. That's the problem. I see what's going on. I see this massive army that surrounded us. I can see all these warriors around us. We have people in here carrying heavy loads, dealing with armies around them, facing death, right? It's hard, it's scary. I imagine it feels like it's slipping, that you can't carry it. It's not wrong to feel overwhelmed. What we need, though, to know is that what we can see is real. The problems are there, right? But that's not all there is to see. There's more to see. Open our eyes, Lord. Let us see the unseen. That should be our prayer. There's, we talked about it in Revelation, there is no one competing for the throne of God. Right? There is no one that's even close to being able to unseat our Lord and Savior. John got a vision and he saw God on the throne. And he gave that to us. That is our ultimate reality. No matter what's standing in your way, no matter what you're looking at, that's our ultimate reality. This this servant gets to see past the army to the Lord's army. And he sees that this army in front of him is vastly outnumbered by the Lord's army. What are you looking at? I pray that you can see past it, right, to the truth. I pray that you can have ultimate reality, that you can know that the King of kings and Lord of lords is for you. Amen? Don't let that view, that view of the enemy get in the way of you moving forward and doing what God calls you to do. This, this view that the servant gives, gives him the ultimate grip on reality, right? I don't have to be afraid of this army. God's army is right here. Know this. Those angels didn't show up when Elisha prayed. They didn't just show up when Elisha prayed. They were revealed when Elisha prayed. They were there, right? They could just finally see them. Know this, man, God is with us. God is with us, amen? God has given us everything that we need to get a grip. Getting a grip starts with God's power. God's power makes the axe head rise, right? That's nothing we can do. We can't make iron float. That's God. What we need to recognize, though, is we have a part to play, after he makes that axe head rise, then what, what does Elisha said? Go grab it. That's our call. We can do what we can do. And that's all we have to do. The hard stuff is on him. But we don't say, God, you just do everything. We've got a part to play. We've got to grab the axe head. But God makes it float. Isn't that a relief? I don't have to make iron float. I don't even know how I do that. What, what are you dealing with that's impossible for you to, to deal with? What are you dealing with that's impossible for you to deal with? Here it is, Lord. Make it float. Make it float. I'm asking you to make it float and be ready to grab it. Right? Be ready to grab it. Pick up scripture, put it in your heart. That's something that you can do. Have a quiet time. Have a quiet time. Quit telling yourself that you're gonna have a quiet time and have it, right? Get in his word every day. That will fuel you. You'll start feeling better, man. I just I get in God's word and it might not even be speaking to me, but it's just a relief to get in God's word. I'm lucky. I'm lucky because I get up with the kids early. My wife takes them to the bus stop and I get some time to spend alone before I have to go to work. I'm not going to go back to bed. So I get some awesome time to spend. alone. You got to figure that out, how you can get a quiet time. You need it you need it. You need to get recharged. You need to get plugged in. You need to have that time where you are putting God's word in your heart. And I tell you what, when I open the Bible and when I read it or when I, sometimes I just pull up scripture or sermons and listen to them. Sometimes I just put in praise and worship music. You know, that scripture might not be speaking to what I'm dealing with, but it's just a relief when I get in it. It's like the anxiety starts to go away. And then when it does actually speak to me, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Right? Don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on that. Make the time. Be there. Would you stand with me? My friends, is it slipping? I can't hold this, God. I'm struggling. Will you make these two things your prayer? Lord, will you make the iron float? I've lost my peace. Would you help me to recover what I've lost? And would you also make the prayer? Lord, would you open my eyes? Help me to see your reality. Help me to see beyond the mountain to the mountain mover. Help me to see beyond whatever I'm thinking is a huge deal and let me realize who I'm taking this to the king of kings and the lord of lords amen Amen? let's pray father i think for today lord i know there's people carrying heavy things in here that and i'm sure they're slipping lord would you remind them whose they are they're your kids they're your children lord You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Nothing is beyond you. Father, help us to entrust whatever we're dealing with to you. Help us to see beyond it. Open our eyes and ears. Help us to see true reality. Help us see your reality. Lord, speak to us through your word. Speak to us when we're praying to you. Give us a vision. Give us a person that reaches out to us and confirms it. Let us see beyond it, Lord. Father, if there's something that's been lost, would you make that axe head float? Would you help them to recover their strength? Would you help them to recover their joy? Would you help us to recover our peace? And Lord, when the enemy comes against us, would you help us to just turn it up and keep moving in the direction that you've called us to do? Lord, use us. Father, we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Teachers, in a little bit, we'll be in the, the room. Teachers, helpers, anybody that's interested, we'll be over there.